was everyone doing today? Okay, don't be scared. Come along now. Come along. We mustn't be late. Follow me. Follow me deep. Deep. Deep down the rabbit hole. Hello and thanks for joining me and welcome to another episode of the Conspiracy Podcast. So how is everyone doing? Hope everyone is doing well. Thank you for joining me. So today we're going to talk about Project Blue Book and also Project Grudge, which was before Blue Book. But I'll give you a little rough rundown on what Project Blue Book is. Uh, Recent enough there was a TV series released on the History Channel called Project Blue Book. It's worth having a look. It's quite interesting. And if you're interested in this subject, I would recommend it. So Project Blue Book essentially was a series of studies of unidentified flying objects or UFOs, aliens, etc. conducted by the United States Air Force. It started in 1952. The third study of its kind following Project Science, which I'll talk about at another stage, and Grudge we're going to get into a little bit as well. So Grudge and Science were previous to Project Blue Book and roughly are the same idea. So a termination order was given for the study in 1969 so you know Project Blue Book was terminated and the operation ceased in January 1970. So let's talk a little bit about Grudge first. So Project Grudge Radar was a short-lived project by the US Air Force to investigate UFOs. Grudge was succeeded by Project Science in February 1949 and then followed by Project Blue Book. Science is quite a short one so I'll probably get into it later or maybe not, not the, on this episode. So project the project formally ended in December 1949, they always seem to end in December, but continued in a minimal capacity up until late 1951. So Project Science had been active for roughly from 1947 to 1949, but like officially finished in 1951. Um, it, it included a director, Robert Schneider, favorited extraterrestrial hypnosis. So, extraterrestrial hypnosis. Okay, what exactly is that? Proposed that some identified flying objects are best explained as being psychic or physical. I mean, psychic physical aircraft occurred by extraterrestrial life, non-human aliens or non-occupied aliens. So essentially, maybe not from this planet. So, at the best explanation of the UFO report, they prepared an estimate of the situation, argued that cases the hypno the hypnosis was ultimately rejected by high-ranked officers, and Project Science was dissolved and replaced by Project Grudge. Okay. So, Project Grudge. It was announced that Grudge would take over where science had left off, still investigating UFO reports, but as Air Force Captain Edward J. Rupert wrote, in doing this standard, intelligent procedure would be used. So, he pretty much didn't have to look at it as in, like, this may not be the thing. That normally means um, evolution of intelligent data. But it doesn't take a great deal of study of the old UFO files to see the standard intelligence procedure were not being followed by Project Grudge. Everything was being evaluated on the premises that UFOs could, couldn't exist. No matter what you see or hear, don't believe it. So they're kind of 
saying, oh, it's not real, don't believe it, kind of thing. But now, nowadays, I suppose, if you think about it, like, look at, like, um, your man um, from Blink-182, Tom DeLong, has his own little project going, which supposed um, alien technology they have, or, well, no one really knows for sure. Okay, so I'll go back to this guy, Rupert. So Rupert noted that some of ATECs, or Air Technical Intelligence Centers, top intelligence specialists, who had been so eager to work on Project Science were no longer working on Project Grudge. Some of them had drastically and hurriedly changed their mind. It sounds like someone kind of got to them about UFOs where they learned that the Pentagon was no longer sympathetic to the UFO cause. As Dr. Michael D. Swords wrote, inside the military, MJ, Aaron J. Bog, POG, that's some name, in the Pentagon and Col. Colonel Rodder, Howard Wilson and AMC, Air Marshal Commander, were openly giving the impression that the whole flying saucer business was ridiculous. Project Good became an exercise in desire to sloppy filling. So basically they kind of didn't give it much heed. Bog, which I kind of think his name is hilarious, was so enthusiastic um, anti-saucer that the general, the general ordered General Moore, so he ordered another general, to create a more proper atmosphere, skeptical respect and the report of their observation, rather of the reports of their observation. So essentially the, the Grudge the Grudge report, Project Grudge issued its only formal report in August 1949, though over only six over six hundred pages long, the report concluded the state stated that A there is no evidence that objects reported until or upon are the result of an advanced scientific foreign development and therefore they consult no direct threat they were essentially no, no direct threat to national security so pretty much they kind of brushed it off and said it was all pretty much bullshit so that was a little, little bit on project grudge now we're going to get into project blue book which is the one that started in 1952 and what the tv series is based on so the um the idea behind Project Blue was to determine if UFOs were a threat to national security and to scientifically analyse UFO-related data. Okay, So whether they had data or not, I'm not sure. Thousands of UFO, uh, rather, thousands of UFO reports were collected, analysed and filled as a result of the, Cor the Condon Report in 1968, which concluded that there was nothing abnormal or rather wrong real about UFOs and a review of the report that the National Academy of Science Project Blue Book was terminated in December 1969. The Air Force supplied the the Air Force rather supplied the following summary of the investigation. No UFOs reported, investigated and evaluated by the Air Force were ever an indication of threat to national security. Number two there was no evidence submitted to discovered, or rather discovered by the Air Force, that sightings categorized as unidentified represented technology developments or principles beyond their range of modern scientific knowledge. So, pretty much the same as with the other report. So, the third one was there was no evidence to indicate that sightings categorized as unidentified were extraterrestrial vehicles. So, that's what the report kind of concluded to. 
Now, by the time Project Blue Book ended, it had collected 12,618 UFO reports. Reports? I sound like Gollum there. Reports. Uh, reports. And concluded that most of them were misinformation of natural phenomena. So they were saying it was stars, clouds, etc. Stuff like that. Weather balloons. Like, they always said it was weather balloons. Mm, so... There's a bit more to this. So, previous projects. Public U US Air Force UFO studies were first initialized, initialized under project signs we mentioned already. And that kind of came to the same kind of conclusion that there was no actual evidence of UFOs or alien crafts and stuff like that. Now, but then it kind of comes down to, we'll talk a little bit about Robert Parnell or Panel. In July 1952, after a build-up of hundreds of sightings over the previous few months, a series of radar radars detections concluded was visual sightings were object, uh, observed near the National Airport in Washington. After much publicity, sightings led the Central Intelligence Agency, the CIA, to establish a, a panel of scientists held by Dr. H.P. Robertson, um, who's the guy we're talking about, a physicist at the Californian Institute of Technology, which included various uh, physicists, meteorologists, engineers, and one astronomer, Heinick. Now, we're going to get into Heinick. He's quite an interesting guy altogether. Um, the Robert Parnell, Parnell, Robert pa Robertson panel, sorry, first met on January 14, 1953, in order to formulate a response to overwhelming public interest in UFOs. Rupert Heinick and other presented the best evidence including movie footage that had been collected by Blue Book after spending 12 hours re reviewing 6 years of data. The Robertson panel concluded that most UFO reports had, had been explained more or less and that they could be explained with and they could be explained even more with further investigation which they deemed not worth the effort. So they're kind of saying it's bullshit again not real weather balloons fucking swamp gas and stuff like that okay and the guys in their final report they stressed that low grade universal universal UFO reports were overloading intelligence channels with the risk of missing a genuine conditional threat so they were worried about like say other countries as opposed to focusing on they were all focusing on this kind of UFO stuff around that people were about all these sightings were kind of freaking out and saying there's aliens and stuff like that um, if you ask me, I personally think this is a big cover-up. And this is where the conspiracy. I think it's a complete cover-up. There was there was some sightings that they couldn't explain, and they did kind of blame it on like weather balloons or swamp gas or something like that. All this shit, basically, or natural phenomena. If you think it's today's tech, and recently enough, there was um, video footage released of these kind of cigar-shaped objects that would indicate there's a little bit more to this than meets the eye. So we'll go back to this. In the conclusion of many researches at the Robertson panel was recommended controlling public opinions through a program of official propaganda and spying. They also believed that recommendations helped shape, shape Air Force policies regarding UFO studies not only to immediately afterwards, immediately and afterwards, but also in the present day. The evidence of the panel recommended recommended rather recommendations were being carried out at least two decades and conclusions were issued conclusions were issued 
In December 1953, a Joint Air Navy Air Force Regulation Number 146 made it made it a crime for military personnel to discuss classified UFO reports with unauthorized persons. Violations fa faced up to two years in prison and a fine of up to ten thousand yeah. dollars. So as I was saying, guys, I'm going to talk about uh, Joseph Allen Hynek who's the main kind of guy in Project Blue Book, the TV series, and what he studied and what he's, uh, rather what he conclusion, what his conclusion was. So, Alan Hynek, rather, was a, he was born in May, in 1910, um, and he was an American astronomer. He died in 1986, age 75. Um, he was an American astronomer, professor, and ufo ufologist. He prepared, he is best remembered for his UFO research. Hynek acted as a scientific advisor to the UFO studies undertaken by the US Air Force under three inclusive projects, Project Science, Project Grudge, and Project Blue Book. In later years, he conducted his own independent UFO research, developing the Close Encounter classification system he was among the first people to conduct scientific analysis of the reports, especially of trace evidence produced by UFOs and stuff like that. So, during World War II, Heineck was a, a civil scientist, uh, so that was what he done the skepticism, so evolution, evolution of UFOs, rather. In, in response to numerous reports of flying saucers, the United States Air Force established Project Science, which we mentioned earlier. In 1948, to examine sightings of unidentified flying objects, Heineck was conducted to act as a scientific consultant to Project Science. He studied UFOs, UFO reports, and decided whether the phenomena described there was successfully known as astronomical objects. When Project Science hired Heineck, he was skeptical of UFO reports. Heineck suspected that they were made up by unreliable witnesses or by people who had misinformation, man-made or natural objects. In 1948, Heineck said that the whole subject seems utterly ridiculous and described as a fad of the world soon passes. In his book, in 1977 book, Heineck said that he enjoyed the role as the, as the debunker for the Air Force. He also said that debunking was what the Air Force expected him expected of him so here's an interesting one so they expected him to be a debunker like so we might have actually found actual evidence of real extraterrestrial life or whatnot so in april 1953 Heinrich wrote a report for the journal of optical society of america titled unusual aerial phenomena which i think it's changed to they've changed the name to something aerial phenomenon which contained one of his best-known statements. Ridiculous is not part of scientific method, and people should not be taught that it is. The steady flow of reports often made in correct or reliable observation raised questions of scientific obligation and responsibility. Is there any residual evidence that worthy scientists Atten attendance or if there isn't isn't does not an obligation 
exist to say so say so rather to the public not in words of open ridiculous but serious to keep faith with trust in the public place in science and scientists sorry that was a little bit confusing but we'll go we'll continue on so i kind of didn't read that very well so in 1953 heinick was an associate member of the robertson panel which i made a mistake earlier saying robertson Parnell, the robertson panel which concluded that there was nothing anonymous about ufos and that the public relation campaign should be undertaken to debunk the subject and reduce public interest heinick would later laminate that Robertson panel had helped make UFOs fake, essentially. As the UFO report continued to be made, some of the testimonies, especially by the military pilots and police officers, were deeply puzzled, puzzling rather to Heine. He once said, as a scientist, I must be mindful of the lessons of the past and too often he had happened to, and often that had happened to matter of great value to science were overlooked because the new phenomena did not fit the accepted scientific outlook of the times. Okay, we're going in a little bit further on now. In 1985, an interview he had, when asked what caused this change of opinion, Heinrich responded, two things, really. One was that completely negative and underlying attitudes of the Air Force, they wouldn't give UFOs the chance of existence, even if they were flying up and down the streets in broad daylight everyone had to have an explanation I began to resist that even though I basically felt the same way because I still thought there wasn't there weren't going about it in the right way you can't assume that everything is black no matter what secondly the amount of witnesses began to trouble me quite a few incidents were reported where military pilots for example had reported UFOs and are known are fairly well trained so that is when first began to think that well maybe there was something to it all so he basically kind of changed his mind because there was so, if you think about it there's so many witness accounts of UFOs and stuff like that and he studied this thing and essentially made it was there to debunk the subject in reality he kind of became a bit of a believer like he continued on doing a lot more work about this and eventually just kind of took a toll on him there was just so much information out there and there's so much proof and evidence of such a thing existence but it's very hard to say and next one now we're going to talk about the ufo origin hypnosis so you've heard of mufon sort of ufo whatever in 1973 the heinick first explained he doubted his doubts regarding yesterday extraterrestrial um, intelligence of hypnosis in a special title the embarrassment of the riches he was aware that the number of ufo sightings were much higher than was reflected by project blue book status so essentially there was a lot more sightings out there than what he was told by the air force so kind of already indicating that there is cover-ups here um, I could go on about him, but I mean, in the first book, okay, Close Encounters, it's his first book, Heineck published the Close Encounter scale uh, that he had developed to better catalogue UFO reports. Heineck was 
later a consultant for the Columbia Pictures and Steven Spielberg it gets in, a consulting to Columbia Pictures and Steven Spielberg for the popular 1977 movie Close Encounters of the Third Kind and that's named after level of Heineck scale he made a cameo appearance in the film at the end of the film after the aliens disembanked from the mothership he can be seen boarding with a pipe in mouth <laughs> so show him getting onto this uh, the spacecraft stepping forward to view the speculation so that was in the movie so there's a lot on Heineck I'll have to do a bit more on Heineck completely like I'm just kind of gone by a little bit of uh, information I, I, here I have he, he did kind of debunk quite a bit but also was a believer as well of extraterrestrial or UFOs and just felt that it was wrongly looked out for um, sadly he died in 1986 from a brain tumour um, now there's a lot of conspiracies out there saying it was he was uh, he was murdered and I mean there's there's so much more you can get into this I mean this has only touched the iceberg I will do a bit more on UFOs and the various UFO species and stuff like that like there's blue avians and they're like the bird kind of aliens and then you have your your traditional grey aliens and of course the reptilians but I will um, look deeper into those at a later stage anyway guys I hope you enjoyed this podcast and thanks for listening sorry it was a little bit delayed I'm going to try to get a better uh, routine in action for um, my future podcast so next one I'm going to focus on a bit more on aliens I know I only kind of touched the kind of tipping the scale of the iceberg on this one and there's a lot more involved in project blue book than what i put up there but do watch the tv series it's pretty good i've started watching it. it's pretty interesting and um, any anyhow guys thanks for listening take care now bye bye